Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram and threads and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for the latest news reviews and interviews. It's time for a ball, a time ball, but the stress will get to a fan favorite as the moon will descend on the competition. It's time oh. to talk all things Drag Race France 2, and joining me is someone who loves doing a time warp, it's Precious Envy. Hello. I do love a good time warp. Hello. Isn't it crazy that it's almost time warp time? It's like almost oh, Halloween shit. I swear, I swear, this year literally is flying by. I'm like, what the fuck? I just, I can't. I hate it. I hate it. Um, mm-hmm. It's Drag Race. It keeps it going fast. It, it, you know what it really does, except for like, except All Stars felt like it was never ending. Yeah. I was like, is the season over yet? <laughs> All right, friends, Drag News of the Week. The cast of Drag Race Brazil has dropped. And we also, at this moment in time, have a teaser trailer. Ooh, I haven't watched that yet. Okay. Yeah, they're speaking <laughs> Portuguese. And I'm like, I do not comprehend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll learn it. Duolingo. I'm waiting for you. You and me. Let's do it. <laughs> I swear, it's like I know. Bare, it's like I only I know certain phrases now from every from every country. That's the one thing about these international seasons is like you're slowly learning. Like I took I took French in high school, like French one freshman year, but I don't remember anything. Yeah, then I took two um, years of Chinese. I can, I can probably go to France and not ask where the bathroom is, but I can probably tell you um, uh, about the runways and the maxi challenges. That <laughs> those are you're like cookie country. Like, oh, cookie we get to okay, let's talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, ginger bitch. <laughs> As always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us. Reality television production. We are showing what the editing and television show wants to see. We react to what's presented. Yes, it's a real thing. You got an opportunity to go on television to share the craft. We've also been to discuss what is said on the podcast. We're entertainment discuss reality TV show. Oh man, this episode. This was like had so many like good moments, and there was like the workroom discussion was like so like oh like gut wrenching, and then having Moon like oh it was just, it was just like I think it was good in like giving you like quintessential like drag race like workroom stuff, and then yeah. they all delivered on the challenge too this was like a really good ball like there weren't many like there were a couple looks here and there where i'm like eh, but overall I'm like this was a solid episode all right okay okay well, well we're gonna have a lot to discuss when we get to the runway mm-hmm. but first the bitch is out ginger bitch eliminated moon is saddened at, that ginger left angry because she wasn't happy after the interaction she had in untucked junior they remember they they say that she was in pain. They memorize. They were memorializing her, but Cookie. She's frustrated by her friend. She says that she didn't want her to be mad or alienated, but she doesn't know why she didn't talk to her. Cookie is not happy. They parted like this, but they're sure they will have a chance to talk about it. Will they? Would they? 
Okay. I think so. Honestly, it's like it did feel like it watching last week's Untucked, it did feel like it came out of left field about Ginger being so unhappy with the performance because yes. she delivered well. And we've been proven many a times that you could just have one line and win the musical, shape Right. Like, you know, you just have to deliver what you have. Funani doesn't want to be in the position to wipe Amira's message away again. But Moon says she's a great cleaner. Oh, Moon, <laughs> you're such a silly goose. Oh. Punani has realized that this is the crazy competition, but the lip sync has set her straight. Meanwhile, Kiona is congratulated on her win, who is happy to finally won. Top six. Hooray. Mm-hmm. Now, Moon will leave us here and say it's getting intense, but they signed up for this. What a fascinating confessional to include with what's to come. Rewatching this morning and just hearing like how many times they emphasize her confessionals to indicate this is what we signed up to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, for like her to then for the ending outcome, I was like, are you just trying to be shady on her? Or is it one of those things where it's Moon was saying what she knew production wanted her to say, but deep down she's like, these are not the feelings I have. And so it's that internal monologue is a lot different than like, hi, this is the exterior you're going to get from me because this is what you want. And, but once the cameras are gone, she's, it's like that. "Mm." I mean, when we get to it, I might share some feelings and and discussion about it, but the, the biggest question is, it's the trend of mental health being the reason why contestants are quitting. Does it mean the show needs to do some work on itself to make sure people don't I, quit? Or do the contestants not have to sign up? Which one are we going to do? Exactly. It's like a little from column A, a little from column B. Like, I think the show needs to refocus on the fact that this, especially it's like, it's younger queens who yes. are the ones who are saying, no, I, this is not, this is not what's right for me. It's so I think it's going to be it's a matter of either changing the um, age limit to be a little bit older before you can be on the race or reevaluating the psych evals that they have these girls do because they all go through psych evals. Well, the girls thing is, tell Moon, you, Moon is 31. Yeah. She's not young. I mean, she is well, young. You know what? I'm 43 and I have the same shit. So you know what? It's 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 just it's just life. You know, it's you. True. It's just how it is. It's just like, but you know, I think I think I also feel like I am from a generation where it's like no one talked about oh therapy. Who oh, no? It was all like it felt like it was a taboo if you went to therapy. And right. It's all these things, and now you have a different generation who is like, oh, my therapist. Oh yeah, we we talk about this, this, this. Right. Where they're a lot more open about their problems and why they go to therapy and all this stuff. It's no longer, it doesn't feel like it's like one of those secrets that you have to push under a bed. It's like more in the light. And I do feel, I think the, these younger ish Queens are being like, no, my mental health is a priority to me and I'm going to step away. Cause which is completely a valid thing to say. Yep. We'll get to it. We'll talk about it. Don't worry. But now it's a new day in the workroom and the Queens are in the playing the mind game on the bus. Um, Silly kids, silly kids playing like they're on a bus. Um, cookie. I don't know if I enjoy the antics that because it feels like I feel like every new season now seems to do this where they have some sort of like entrance like game that they play when they walk yeah. in, or just be like, you just walk in a room and be like, I'm here another day. <laughs> yeah, 
Cookie is relieved to finally get positive critiques. She has gone from bottom to safe to top. When next? We shall see. As a tease for the week, Moon is asked how she is, and she says that she's been in the top for two weeks, so she's good. But they'll see what's in store for the week. We get our cockadoodle, and Mommy Wata is not a fan of the rooster in the morning. Um, girl, just get used to it. You're going to have to be woken up at 7 a.m. for this shit. Mm-hmm. Nikki message teases a challenge. They all know it's coming. But what is it? Could it be a ball? Well, first, we want Nikki, and she is giving us a fabulous look in beige, and that beaded jacket was cute. Give me it that. was. Mm-hmm. Nikki will ask who thinks they are a lip sync assassin. And well, they all think they are, especially Cookie, who really is thinking she is a lip sync assassin. Yep. Nikki tells them for this week's mini challenge, they will all be lip syncing. Maybe they'll do it again later in this episode, but we'll get to it. <laughs> this will be a spicier way they will lip sync as they're going to do a live lip sync. Yes, that means there is a live vocalist that will be there and they have to match that vocalist. And allegedly, it's going to be a song that they don't know that it's unreleased, but that's clearly not the case, but whatever. Um, yeah. Nikki has invited a friend over for the mini challenge. Oh, Bilal. Oh, yes, it's Bilal Hassani. For those who forgot, Bilal was a guest judge on last year's Snatch Game episode. They're best known for representing France in the 2019 Eurovision Song Contest. And for those who are obsessed with the movie as much as I am, they are featured in the song along the <laughs> Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Um, every time when she gets on, I'm ready to do the little, the, the, um, the little hand gesture she does. Um, she crazy. I love her. Oh, and uh, when she walked out, I was like going, I've seen that outfit on so many like Instagram reels. And I'm like going, oh, you're on the pulse. You got the pulse of the fashion girl. Bilal will be performing their song, Transfit, live as they perform on stage. They have 15 minutes to get into pop star drag. Have you ever lip synced to a live performance? No, I don't think I've done like a, no. Not even like a live, like you know, do the like the like the live vocal out, like the live yeah. track. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's I think a lot. I think it's a little bit harder for the live because it's like you have there's the different, especially if you have a uh, performer who is like a really good live vocalist. You know, the sure. studio album is great, but because you're getting different uh, inflections or they change up. Um, the vocals to match like you know if they're dancing or things like that or playing around uh yeah i don't know it it doesn't seem like it'd be I as fun wanted to do something like this and i had seen it kind of happen once when i was at rock bar actually mm-hmm. at karaoke where there were some drag artists who were there and they would lip sync to the karaoke <laughs> singers um hot mess express that is like that's the one thing it's like because even if you know the song you don't know what the performer's gonna do so being like oh we're gonna lip sync to karaoke especially lip syncing to karaoke because you're just like i don't even know like how how to match like you have to try to match the energy too yeah they're gonna get um cookie to help them with the lyrics as of the song as she apparently knows but she's not going to Uh -uh, uh -uh. she's sabotaging them all right, all our queens are in pop star realness. Share. Also, Share they said there. 15 minutes, and I'm literally like, the way these girls were going on, it was like, she said 15 minutes. Why are you all still talking? I was like, <laughs> uh, Share is there, and that is oh. actually Punani in a Share illusion, playing it very, very well. I oh, was she was, there. oh, I was like, hello, Share. Cookie is giving like Britney Spears meets Hillary Duff illusion. That hat, that hat, we know that hat. 
Moon is giving us all pop realness that uh, with that hair, she needs to comb it out like five or six times. I felt like she was giving me like a Dordalana realness in her outfit. Mm -hmm. Mommy Wata is really leaning into that early 2000s horrendous look. Paris Hilton realness. Oh, God. Uh, Sometimes I forget how young mommy is. Yeah, Kiona is cute in that pink number and she is very good at matching Bilal's energy. I will say that. She's Mm -hmm. very good at that. Sarah Forever is allegedly giving them Isabel Boulay, and we're going to get acting beats from her. Yeah. I think this was a really fun challenge and really got them to know, like, let loose. It really was a lot of fun, especially when they were doing the conga. (laughs) And Mommy Wata was like, no, no, this is not this is not the tea. And I'm like, wait, girl, just let loose and have fun. That's the whole point of the mini challenge is to, like, kind of, like, let the energy kind of, like, be like we know you've been in the competition for weeks you are like your stress levels are uh, so do a stupid mini challenge just to have some fun with it like don't if take they it were serious to do this challenge in the u.s what pop star would you like them to get to perform live for this bit oh just because yeah, well, i love her so much that. just because i love her so much i would like it to be marina of Marina mm-hmm. the Diamonds because she's also on a, she has an amazing vocal and she like I've seen her in concert so many times where it's like she has just a beautiful voice to sing and I'm like I think and she has a range where I think it'd be fun to kind of be like high low poppy slow you know thing like that I think based on budget and availability it's going to be like Taylor Dane <laughs> No, well, you know, you know, if she signed that contract, which is a secret celebrity drag race, don't they own her soul for a while? Exactly. Uh, Taylor Dean coming to drag race. Really well, soon. also, too, it would fit in the narrative of Rue uh, pushing things that she likes on Correct. girls that weren't even born in the 80s. So, yeah. Correct. All right. The winner of the mini challenge is Punani, bitch. And she wins with mm-hmm. voice. Good for her. A little mirror made realness. Honestly, I think between it was I thought her and Keon, I think did the best jobs yeah. of matching the energy, but I was like, I think Panani is like going to get the win. And I was like, yep, she did. The time has come to reveal that this week is in fact the ball. Fashion, 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 fashion. In this ball, they must make them travel through time with three looks. It is the time ball. Category the one is heroin ball. of the past, as they will pay tribute to a person who inspired them. Allegedly. Category two, they reveal <laughs> their vision of the future with a fashionable and futuristic chic look. Category three, they will go back to high school in an outfit they will have to create in the workroom. It's time to go to prom. Now, oh, Precious, let's yes. go back in the DeLorean. Uh, tell us about your prom experience. It was 1998, children. Picture it. 1998, Southern California. Um, I went to prom with, I think she was 15, maybe. <laughs> I took Great. I took one of the I took one of the choir girls, uh, one of the girls I knew in choir. Um, I I took her to prom. She I think she was probably a sophomore. She had to be like sixteen. Um, yeah, it's like our prom was like I think casino themed. Um, I remember I remember we did karaoke. We all sang Love Shack. Um, and then we ended up at I, I grew up in Southern California, so um, I think our prom was in Long Beach, but we ended, ended up, up in an Burger. No, no, we ended up in Hollywood and at this bar that, like, technically we shouldn't have been in um, to see a band that was one of our teacher's sons was performing in. That's, That's just where, so and, weird. 
it was very weird. And then it was just like, yeah. So we ended up like, I think my dad picked us up at like two in the morning and like drop it. And I dropped her off being like, I hope your mom isn't mad at me. Well, speaking of, I'm sorry, it's already in the podcast. Excuse me to the listeners who's heard the story already. Um, speaking of teacher's offspring, the wedding I was at this weekend, my brother's good friend married one of my teacher's daughters. <laughs> my Spanish teacher, who I had twice. But she said I was a great student, so the wedding was worth it. Yes, but you do not. But did you remember any Spanish? Because uh, no. you've now listened. You can be like, I'm I told her that. I was like, I'm watching, I'm watching Spanish <laughs> drag race. I'm watching Mexican drag race. And I learned nothing. Nothing. But she's mm-hmm. like, but you're nothing still a good student. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and she, I think she liked me better than my brother. And that was the victory I needed this weekend. Oh, always, always. Shall we back, jump back in time? Oh, pit crew, they're going to roll out this giant set that features a teen's bedroom, very 90s coded, filled with crap. Um, those queens, great actresses, because they saw that thing for minutes before it was wheeled out. Oh, I know. I'm like, where were they going to hide it? It's, it was just like, yeah, they probably walked in being like, that's our challenge. <laughs> Literally. Um, the key to this challenge is they must use three accessories from the room. And that's going to be a massive sticking point for me when we discuss the runway, but we're going to get to it. We are definitely going to get to that. Why was I going to say the same thing? And to make the challenge even more stressful, Nikki has invited two people who are used to being front row at the fashion show. It's social media superstar Lena Situations. Um, She has like 4 million followers on Instagram, so good for her. I also loved how when uh, Mommy Wata was like, "Oh my God, um, I lo- I um, I loved her. I used to I used to follow her." And it was all like, "I guess you're not one of her million followers anymore." Okay. And Mr. Red Bottom Shoes himself, Christian Lowitz Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this appearance doesn't make you want to quit on the spot, I don't know who will. I love that none of these girls can afford to buy his shoes, and yet they all still love him. It's just, it's just because it's like the shoe is just iconic at this point. Literally. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm not trying mm-hmm. to show, throw shade here, but um, I am. Is it because I'm old? No, I'm just joking. Now, um, what major fashion designer of American descent would you like to see on Drag Race US? Obviously, we've had Bob Mackey, but like, who is left? Christian Siriano? Oh, God. Um, you know what? I'm terrible when it comes to fashion. I don't know designers really. Calvin Klein. Uh, there's Calvin Klein. I know Calvin Klein. I know Ralph Lauren. We had um, Betsy Johnson. She was a fun time gal. Betsy Johnson's a fun time. I guess, you know, oh, wait, wait, I don't think she's still alive, but Vivian Westwood. Uh, she's definitely um, dead. Absolutely yeah. definitely dead. Yeah, I would have gone with Vivian Westwood. Exactly. Raise her from British, the dead. So I want her. I want her corpse there giving me critiques. Um, I guess I don't know. how. Like I guess what, Tom Board? I don't know. Like, sure. Yeah, just, I'm not like, Nikki, I'm not like fashion Nikki is not like my thing. major major designers for two seasons in a row like good job drag race france mm-hmm. well i also like it's like when she had john paul gautier on episode one it really felt like season one of rupaul because we had bob mackie right. and now it's like christian just bringing in like i would have read i don't know i guess it's like having him been mid-pack i would have loved him to have been like the final judge before the runway or before sure. the finale it's like christian louis Vuitton is here um but i guess it's like having him come for a ball you like he's getting to sense. see multiple looks so i was like okay as the winner of the mini challenge punani will have the chance to choose first with an extra 10 seconds what would you have grabbed from that room um i think i probably would have grabbed the bed sheet 
because I did like the color, the, the, the geometric design on it. Yeah. Um, and I think I probably would have gone for like the gone in for like some of the clothes because you could easily like rip things apart and match them up, especially being yeah. like a prom dress. You could, I think, have a little more fun with like either doing something that gives you volume. Because the thing with prom dresses, you can either do volume on the bottom or full on straight, more like more dress. You're saying prom dress. Are you saying that everyone should have made a prom dress and not a romper or a jumpsuit? Yes, I, I yes, I'm saying that the theme was uh, prom queen. Okay, um, just making sure we're on the so same yes, so so yes, so yes. When we when we bring up this runway, we will discuss prom queens. Punani's going to jump in, grab the comforter, dives into the dresser in the closet. When her time is up, it is war. It is so chaotic that Sarah's like, you know what? I'm not stripping the sheets off the bed. Give me the fucking bed. <laughs> that was a boss move. And she's like, the bed, boom. Now, I want to take a second and shout out to all the listeners who dive into all the currently airing Drag Race seasons and note that there was a massive overlap this week once again mm-hmm. drag race philippines 2 was our only outlier but on drag race mexico we had a ball with no design element while on drag race down under three we had a design challenge inspired by what a bedroom did mm-hmm. i confuse myself and think someone on drag race down under got the bed when i did my recap notes yes yes i did <laughs> they're all blending together especially when you have them airing like friday night you have down under and france and so it's, it's not like it's like you have it's wednesday you have one show thursday you have another show friday of twice so if you're not watching them the night they air well, and you're like i'm gonna sit down and nestle in saturday and marathon all fall of them you, they start to play together had bedrooms Mm-hmm. On the same day, very confusing. Is do you think there's like a wild like whiteboard uh, kind of like a murder mystery um, that has like all of the seasons on there and like there's like lines of going where where where, uh, or do you think World of Wonder just doesn't care and they'll just air anything? Oh, I thought you had the whiteboard with the. <laughs> I should. I really should. No, I just have an Excel. I just all I have is an Excel spreadsheet just to know uh, what I get when I give them because I do a fancy for the regular season. Even though I don't do fancy at least for any other season, I still do like the point system, so I can sure. be like, mm-hmm. yeah, she had the most points. She deserved the win. It's like should have gone to her. She should have won. Yeah, she would be on All Stars. It's time to find out what the goods the girls got in the room, and now um, that room is completely barren, um, like my life. Anyway, but, it, but like, they, but the room is also though that part of the room is barren, but the rest, the other part of the room is like a fucking hot mess with everything thrown. Just everywhere. like my life. <laughs> All right. Also, the way that they push the material to their stations very comical. Moon has a cushion and tapes and a butterfly and an umbrella. Mommy has snagged plushies and jeans. Spoiler: Denim is the design element for Drag Race Mexico next week. So expect to talk about <laughs> denim. Cookie has a lot of rags. Um, are they, you know, like cum rags? The world may never know, but if this is in fact a teenager's room, I think we know the answer to that. Um, well, if it's a teenage boy's room, um, I wouldn't have touched the socks. Yeah. Uh, she also has some jeans and jackets and tweed and scarves and punk stuff, and she feels like she's opening a thrift shop. <laughs> Sarah thought, take the room, and she does, in fact, have a mattress. She is thinking about doing something sleep-related, or at the very least, something with a lot of padding. Cookie will also notice that Sarah has a pair of handcuffs, and I want to know why a teenage room would have those, but that's for a very different podcast. He stole them from his parents. 
Oh, mommy will make a comment that they are in Punani's room as a lot of the material she picked matched her actual attire. <laughs> Kiona has a pandy panda and well, I hate it already. Kiona has also pulled the floor, floor carpet and again, like on Drag Race Down Under 3, <laughs> that ain't gonna work, girl. Just ask Hollywood star. But yep. sadly, there is no ISIS in the room to make your entire look for you, bitch. Oh, that, that drama. Mommy asks who can sew, and Kiana says she can. Cookie can sew, but reveals she hasn't made an outfit in years. Good for her having lots of money. I don't need to make, I haven't constructed an outfit in years. Yes, exactly. But she has studied fashion and specialized in dressmaking. Punani can at least, you know, thread a machine. That's what she can do. Moon is on the same level. She has sewn stuff before, but never a full outfit. So this is going to be a little hard for her. Honestly, I think if you go into Drag Race, at least knowing one pattern to work with and know how to work a machine, you already have a step up for any girl who's like, I don't know how to sew. Like if I literally, if I ever decided to do Drag Race, the list of shit I would be like, okay, I need to learn how to sew a basic pattern, uh, take like a basic dance class, do an improv class, like just things to get you loosened up beforehand. Like you could be naturally funny with your friends, whole different level when it's, when you're on a main stage trying to make a particular person laugh. Enroll in Block Talk University, where I will train people to get ready for drag race. <laughs> exactly. And then if you're of another language, you might even get to host the show. <laughs> Listen, I'm waiting one day. Now, Sarah knows nothing about sewing, but says she's got great taste. So there's that. Mommy says that they know that Kiana and Cookie are at advantage. She and Moon are resourceful. Sarah has proved to have a gift at everything, and Punani is a fashion queen. So she can't wait to see the result. Now, Mommy will take this moment to insult me and my generation. As she will ask the room, who was alive at the time and knows how to open a VHS? Bitch. I was like shot, fired. And it's like, I'm also being like, girl, have you not watched other seasons? Because I'm pretty sure didn't Vivian make an entire outfit based on like VHS tapes? She sure darn did. On her season. And they've used them. Other people have used them in other varieties. So I'm like, girl, like... Stop coming for me. But it doesn't open. And you have to open the top, pull the tape out. And mommy will really, really make me feel old. as she goes, I didn't even use MP3s. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to get through that screen and slap her. Nikki arrives to see how her seamstresses are doing. She says she left for five minutes and already it's a mess. But how long do you think it's actually been? Like, if she's doing these walkthroughs, don't they need some time to have, like, a semblance of an idea of what they're creating? Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think it was the emphasis, one of those, like, play on words of, oh, I've only so. been gone for five minutes. Yeah. Nikki had her massage break, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. She, she, was, she, had, she had a personal meeting with the pig crew. Probably did, bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Kiona. <laughs> I was heard that she has silver fabric. That doesn't. Nikki tells her it's complicated. She says on paper it's very beautiful, but they don't have that much time. So if she's not a professional dressmaker, it could be a problem. Kiona's hoping her jumpsuit concept will work as it will allow her to show a different silhouette at the prom, you know, where she wants to have fun and dance, you know, at the prom wearing a jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to her on this for a long time, friends. If you're not a fan of that. Well, it was her prom set in the 1970s, but I feel like that's Maybe. the only time it would, would have been appropriate. Like if she was doing like a retro, well, retro outfit. 
Punani is next, and Nikki loves her idea. She drew a silhouette that she hasn't done in the competition. Nikki wants to see what she will use for the dress, and Punani says it's going to be patchwork. And Nikki finds it smart, but Punani says it's not stress. Nikki again says, be careful as they don't have that much time. She tells her above all, her outfit must be comfortable enough for a runway or a performance. Mm -hmm. Shady. Ooh, shady. We will have a visit to Sarah, who is really running with this bed idea. Nikki is like, really? Really? (laughs) Sarah wants to go for a story about the prom, about a girl who didn't go and stayed in bed or just came home late. Nikki is like, so you're going to actually have a mattress behind you? And Sarah's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Could you imagine them? That would just be, that's just like, that's a prop that's just like too. um, It's very hairspray. It's it's very hairspray, but also too, that prop is made to just be standing up behind you for like in the beginning of a song, not for, not to be holding for an entire runway. And then especially it's the last thing you're going to be holding that for your deliberation. I'm all girl. No, that's not going to work. Well, Nikki does remind her that fashion can be funny, but it has to be well done. And, you know, fashion. So give her a nice silhouette. Cookie has a chat with Nikki who calls her out for snacking all the fabrics. She wants to do something. Get ready for it. Westwood. Can we please just do a full Vivian Westwood runway and then never reference her on the runway again? It's become so derivative and uninventive. And at this point, where if it's not refreshing, it's just not good. Everyone does it every season now. Yeah, because we already got it on uh, Down Under, episode sure one. Did. Ashley Madison, Vivian Westwood inspired. Yeah. Well, Cookie will show Nikki her patchwork idea. And she's like, oh, wow. And Nikki reminds her that they are used to magnificent hair and looks from her, but says that each time she looks at Cookie, she sees someone much older than Romaine. That is her out of drag name. Nikki used it in the workroom. Don't blame me. Blame Nikki. Nikki asks her, since this is a blast from the past and high school prom, perhaps a younger Cookie. That's the challenge. And that's what she's thinking, too. Bring out the inner punk of Cookie. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they probably have a little bit of a relationship, so it's not more much of an insult. But if someone said, make yourself look younger in drag, what would you say? I would say I'm old. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like it's. I know there are queens that paint themselves older um, because it's part of their character. But to be like, right. paint yourself younger. I'm like, how? Like, how much younger do you want me to look? I'm like, Cookie has so much face work done and mm-hmm. Botox, she can't get any younger. Yeah, I'm. Um, well, there's one thing to be like, okay, maybe changing like it's like maybe going more vibrant colors to kind of give you that like youthful energy. I think it's more of like, I can give you youthful energy, uh, but I'm still like, you know, it's still the same body. The feet can only do as much, so much. Moon and Nikki will chat where she reveals that she has a color story, yellow. She wants to do something radiant and sunny, a change from last week where she tells Nikki she did have strong dysphoria. She wants to try to represent a look that goes from dysphoria to euphoria. Now, Nikki will say it's interesting to hear her talk about dysphoria from last week. Set up for what's to come? Exactly. Well, says it was hard to embody all the stereotyped male codes as a king last week. She impersonated a horrible man that they know very well, so it was hard. Now she wants to go from the moon to the sun, and Nikki tells her it's rare that they see a sunny moon on the runway. She can't wait to see the moon in broad daylight. Watching it back. 
did you feel like they knew in this moment it was over? That moon, that moon was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know when it clicked in her head to be like, I've hit, I've hit the end. Okay. Cause I feel we'll like if she would, cause I feel like if, if I was her and I was in this challenge, I don't think I would have been able to put something together. I think I would have been struggling really bad if my, if my, um, inner monologue was saying it's too much because yeah. i don't think i would have been able to like even can put something together yeah um i don't know i don't know where it was i think it was just maybe just like maybe just at the end of the critiques and just being like looking at where everyone else is and kind of have that moment of i'm, I'm not going to be at their level i don't know it's a weird thing because yeah. even looking re-watching the runway i'm like no one like all her looks were really good so i was like why would she i'm surprised she's gonna be in the bottom but i'm like but i know she's gonna be in the bottom and yeah it's just like it's one of those weird things where i'm like i don't exactly know when her mind said i'm good yeah all right finally it's mommy wata she managed Mm -hmm. to get a lot of denim and wanted to pay tribute to someone special in her life herself gen z (laughs) not mincing words Nope. Mommy will mention that her first drag outfit was a bikini, and Nikki's like, What? Mommy watching the bikini? Stop the presses. Mommy will explain that the first look was patchwork done with jeans, so she wants to make a prom outfit in the same concept. She's a lot of work to do, and it's going to be a long day for her. Nikki will ask her if she ever went to prom, and Mommy reveals that she was kicked out of one of hers. She says it was in college and she was in a suit and tie and around three in the morning, Rude Boy by Rihanna was playing. So Mama, Mommy Wata came out and they said, who is that? Well, they kicked her out for dancing. Um, I bet there is a lot more, much more to this story, um, but we're going to let her have her moment because something didn't add up. Yeah. Because it's one thing to be like, if, if she was dancing provocatively, it could be like, hey, you know, tone down. But like, to be like, to be kicked out. At three in the morning. It, depends on also, it also depends on, because she says in college, if it was back in the islands, I could see it being like, you're too feminine. Get out. Like, we, you know, you're too, like, you're coming across too girly. And yeah. that could have been what, why she was kicked out. Yeah, very interesting, because I feel like there is a little bit more missing. But mm-hmm. Nikki's going to let her dolls get back to work, because there's much more to do. But this moment that Nikki leaves, Mommy dropped her story about the twerking and not allowed to be herself, and Kiana's going to come over and ask what happened. How did it end? Mommy says they took her out, told her to calm down, and Kiana now will tell a story about how one night she took the subway and drag. She wasn't alone, but there was a guy asking for her number, wanted her name and everything. When he realized that he wasn't that she wasn't a woman, she got scared and thought she'd have a problem if she opened her mouth. She felt she could get assaulted for dressing as a woman and just existing. Sarah says the fear is a plague and the only solution is to educate people from a young age. She says they have to learn how to stop scaring people and learn how to stop being afraid. Moon says that they're never safe as it can turn bad in a few moments. She has been hit on on the street by really shady people. She knew if she talked to them, her voice was going to reveal and they would know she's either trans or a guy. It happened and she got slapped in the face and it also reveals that she's been choked in club bathrooms because they thought she was using the wrong bathroom. Moon says that a misunderstanding often leads to hatred and anger. And she says thinking and talking will help you love the person in front of you. Okay. 
Um, didn't think this is the direction we were going. Uh, oh we no! Story, but here we mm-hmm. are. It was like, hi, hi, trauma. It's me. Let's let's discuss. Mommy says that she got assaulted once by kids who were following her. She had her headphones on, so she didn't know they followed her to the subway. They tried to grab her phone, but she resisted. They called her a pedi, uh, which I believe is a French word, and hit her. Uh, despite falling to the ground, they kept going, but fortunately, passerbys helped her out get out of the situation. And yeah, so petty, I believe, is their reclaimed word for fag for us here in America. Yeah. Hunani will share that she was assaulted by at a streetcar stop and no one helped her. She was afraid she was going to get beat up, so she went to someone and asked if they could pretend to be friends. But that person stepped aside and Punani was, in fact, attacked. And that was probably the one that hurt the most, I think. Yeah. When you, like when you literally, like, I literally have help. to ask, I'm asking for help. And they're like, no. Like, that just, that scares me. Sarah's turn. It happened on the subway for her. Even with many people on board, a guy attacked her for 12 minutes. Now, attack, I don't know if that's harassed, physical, what it was. Mm-hmm. But she says with cameras everywhere, nobody moved. And Bunani says it happens all over the world where people are assaulted and beaten and insulted for their sexuality and says, we need people to step up and help. Mommy says, take action as you never know where it can happen or where you can save someone. And it's kind of crazy that we've seen this rise of discrimination and physical altercations with a lot of drag artists globally, mm-hmm. some of whom have been Rue girls, like literally winners like the Vivian and Envy Prue. I believe Kitty Space this past month uh, revealed that she was attacked as well. Yeah. It's crazy and unfortunate. Cookie says the risk of holding your partner's hand could land you in the emergency room or the front page of the paper. She says the poor petties who do this are told maybe try not to, but she says that every couple shares a kiss or whole hands. They're not flaunting it or trying to impose their lives on people. They're just trying to live their own lives. That's it. Violence is never the answer. We need to find a safe place where we can blossom. We all just want respect. Mm-hmm. Now, it's almost like it was a trauma pile on because it almost felt like it can't, this can't be real. This can't be happening to every single person, but it, it happened to every single person in that room. Like mm-hmm. the odds of that are just impossible, but clearly possible. Oh, yeah. Like, especially within the last few years, I feel like people have just been like more open in their hate kind of thing, where it's like, you know, jokingly, like, I miss the days when I didn't know who hated me, you know? Uh, You know, I I miss the days of not having, not going on Twitter and being like, oh, you are the people that don't like me. Okay. Okay. Mm hmm. It's almost you're, you're like, to- oh, you're toxic. It's like, uh, a, yeah, a, you're a the toxic masculinity. Yeah, I'm a mindset mm-hmm. from a group of people who have been given the freedom to think they're allowed to say the shit they do. Oh, exactly. Like, freedom Politics of speech only, uh, only goes so far. Well, Kiona says that this chat did bring them all closer, but they're still in the way of her collecting that crown. And I was like, mm-hmm. is this a setup? Is Kiona winning this season? Mm-hmm. Maybe after this episode, but let's talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. With all of that being said already, and this was a stand-in for Elimination Day, we are, in fact, moving 
to the runway. Um, I also think maybe a conspiracy theory here that everything was filmed in a single day. I think, yeah, this feels like a, a one day uh, thing because it, it didn't really because normally if they're doing this two day, um, they usually have that moment where they walk back in to be like, all right, finishing up the outfit before we uh, before we do the runway. Yeah, I guess Mr. Louis Vuitton uh, only had a certain amount of time to be on set. Literally. All right. Nikki arrives. And well, um, maybe it's a very Parisian look from the 20s with very heavy, heavy eyeshadow, but at least I like the necklace. Mm hmm. Our panel includes Space Jacket, Daphne Berkey, Kitty Smile wearing a wild glass glasses face piece thing, Christian Louboutin, who is giving us a cloud jacket, a dolly hat, and well, how is this man rich? He does not look like a rich person. Which, oh, K- Kitty? No, Louboutin. Oh, oh, Louboutin. I was like, you know what? You know, sometimes some people who have money, it's like, they don't, it's just like, they. it's like, it's how they choose to spend it. Like, it might be one of those things where it's like, I don't spend money on clothes. <laughs> I spend money. I like will rather save. I'd rather go on to do this trip or have or have the look of like, you know, or buy the wares for the house to be like, oh, I want I love how this looks in my apart house. Yeah. But it's like but they're like, you know, you sometimes see those. What is it? Um, uh, What is it called? Like uh, every time you see billionaires and all they wear are like white t-shirts and jeans, it's like they don't look rich because they're not spending their money on clothes. They're spending their right. money on other things. Yeah. And finally, Luna Situations, who has a pony that may or may not be attached to Keonis, but we're going to get to it. It's time <laughs> for a ball. We are going to go through each category and discuss. It's time ball time. Category is heroine of the past. In honor of the runaway, we will play hero or zero. Hero zero. Okay. Do. Who would you pick for your heroine of the past? Um, that's a good question. You knew I was going to ask it, so don't pretend. Like I, know, I know, I know, I know. No, I didn't have an answer prepared, actually. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, what route would I want to do? Like, would I want to be, like, uh, an icon, like a music icon, mm-hmm. um, like someone personal, or, like, just, like, yeah. I guess in my way, I think my heroine best, I'd probably do Susie Sue. Okay. All right. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First up, Punani. Look by Jules Fouer. Hair by La Poitre. She is paying homage to her grandmother, Titi. This is very in the style of Punani, where there's camp and fashion all around drag. It's cute. The color story is a bit confusing of lime green and pale pink. They should not go together. But because of the quirkiness of the outfit, I guess it works. It's not my favorite, but it's safe. Yeah, I would say of her three looks, this is probably the weakest, but I did feel like it's like, but I think she sold it well. I think, yeah, like she was very campy on the runway. And there was, I guess there was a way, that element of the way the the, the lime green and the pink came together that had like a Venus flytrap energy to me. Sure. I don't know, yeah. Christian says what impressed him most is that she created three entirely different characters. He says that her grandmother will be proud and says... If she sees her on TV, she didn't tell her uh, she's there or knows that she does drag. Um, she says that she can't tell her family at dinner between the roast and potatoes. Kitty tells her to take her time. There's no rush. Which immediately Daphne is like, what's her name? Let's say hi to her. Yeah. No <laughs> take your time. What's her name? What's we'll say hi. Um, I will give it a soft hero. Yeah, it's a soft hero for me. Audience 68% hero, 32% zero. Mami Wata, look by Liam, hair by Alexandre Badu. 
Ah, uh, boo. It's terrible. I will not defend this ever. She is giving homage to Grace Jones. Listen, if you think the bitch is dead, how can you say it's a tribute to a heroine? You know nothing about her. I really am starting to lose a lot of respect for mommy, but whatever. I think had she stayed facing forward, I would have given it a save. But the moment she turns around and those flabby fucking buttholes with cigarettes are revealed, it's over. They looked like teeth. I hated this so much. Oh my God. They look like they so look like teeth. I was what I'm like. I I didn't hate it as much as you did. Um, I I was like, okay, I got the reference to Grace Jones. Um, I was like, okay, ass cut out with 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 um, cigarette butts on your butt. Okay, tongue in cheek. Okay, I get it. Um, I didn't hate it as much as you did, but it's like so. It's a very 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 very, very soft hero for me. There, there was just no construction to it. There was no struck like if, if it was solid and it didn't flap around like it did, mm-hmm. maybe I'd give it a little bit of a pass. But it looked like it was done five minutes before in her hotel room. I, I also feel like Mommy Walter doesn't quite have an ass, and that's the that was it. Oh, if that oh. if you if you had it uh, if it was like if you had Trinity someone who was a little bit yeah someone who had a little bit more of a voluptuous butt on them, it would have I think been a like uh, it would have sold a lot better. It would have literally sat there because there was actually somewhere to a surface mm-hmm. to sit on. Yep. All right. Kitty loved her look, and when she turned around to reveal the smoky butt, Mommy will say that she wanted to pay tribute to her and show her she had an impact on her life, even though she isn't here anymore. That's right, Mommy killed Grace Jones. Nikki and Daphne will have to correct her to say that she's no very much alive. Daphne then reminds her that it's Delita who is dead, way to humiliate herself on television. Massive zero for me. Oh, God. Sometimes the youth. The, the youth. The youth. Sometimes the kids aren't okay. Audience, fuck you. 61% hero, 39% zero. <laughs> Moon, trained by Sarabunav. It's a gypsy look, and perhaps that's why she didn't want to play Esmeralda last week, knowing she had this one still to come. Mm-hmm. I think this is a beautiful tribute and a really pretty interpretation of the category. It's her mom's, and that's fabulous, knowing she used to wear it as a child, and now she's reclaiming it as a true woman. The curly hair is fabulous. The variety of patterns are accurate, but yeah. I like cohesion, so I might have picked one and repeated the fabric on all sides, but I think this was a nice look for her. Oh, I thought it was beautiful. That that look is beautiful. Um, yeah, I like that it was playing tribute tribute to her Romani roots, uh, where it was just like not just like it could we could read as not just only her mother, but just like the women of her of her of her past. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really great look. You know, very uh, well done. She did a really well, really good job with her heroine. Christian says when she arrived with the dress he called Esmeralda, she has a very strong attitude. Nikki says that she loved to see her reclaim her origins and legacy, even if it's an episode too late, but says, here's your Disney princess Esmeralda. Fun fact, she is not a Disney princess, Nikki, so you have mm-hmm. to come back to Disney school and I will teach you. Yeah. Um, Daphne says that the thousand scars that protected her was a success. Moon will say that the dress belongs to her mother, who used to wear it when she was 20 and wore it when she met her father. She wanted to use it and write a love letter to all the women in her family. Nikki will ask her if she knows about Moon, and she says she's sick now and basically doesn't know she's on Earth. We will get another clue in confessional here, where she says that she hasn't been feeling very well the past few weeks. She has shared a lot about her personal life, and it's all coming back. 
She has tried to bury the emotions, but it's a lot. I'll give it a hero. Oh, it's a hero for me. Audience, 68% hero, 32% zero. Sarah Forever, look by Lion Ascendant Konas, hair by Hitsu Blue. This is drag. This is fashion. This is why I think Sarah Forever is an remarkable drag artist and contestant on the show. She is paying a tribute to the famous writer Colette. I love the suit and the fabric she chose to create it. The sleeves were puffy. It gave me life. And the fact that they had Colette's writing on them, mm-hmm. brilliant touch. This is drag. Oh, this is so drag. I loved it. It was very like the lesbian power suit of it all. Oh, it was so good. I would. I think this is probably my favorite. Yeah, this is my favorite of the heroine looks. Um, I think she, she did a stellar job here. And it just felt like with each look after it was just like, little bit less. Nikki loves but her. But this one. Flawless. Huh? Daphne says it touches her that she shows Colette her drag race. Daphne says her middle name is Colette. And like her, she is divorced and a bisexual journalist. The more yeah. we learn about <laughs> Daphne Berkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a hero for me. Oh, this is an absolute hero, yeah. Audience, 86% hero, 14% zero. Cookie Conti, look by Cherry Conti, hair by Jean-Baptiste Santis, who I have learned is also her drag daughter. Who is? Um, the hairstylist. Oh, the hairstylist, okay. And Jules by L'Artis and Bujotier. This is absolutely stunning. It's breathtaking flamenco dress. This is mm-hmm. a tribute to her grandmother. The movement, the life, the fluidity this gown has. Even in a photo, it dances. I think the black and red are striking in to see such a simple and soft mug. This was styled so well. Oh yeah, this was oh beautiful. Oh, um, yeah. When would I you saw wear it? Walk to, I would wear it. I would wear it. Yes. Get, live Ask my flamenco fantasy. Ask all, cookie, can I borrow that? Thank you. Let me live my let me live my Mexican fantasy. Flamenco yes. dress. <laughs> She's like, who? Who are you? <laughs> uh, money does not buy happiness, but by happiness it does buy you a win uh kitty says that everything was amazing i loved her look as it told them something about her heritage and christian says thanks to her grandmother with a flamenco dress it represents her very well it is a hero for me oh it's an absolute hero for me too audience 95 percent hero five percent zero and kiona look by keon ray nails by house of tokyo we are getting a josephine baker moment and that's great i think we have seen josephine baker looks on drag race before but this felt a little Simple and basic. It really was a two-piece with a feather duster. I think black is a striking color. It worked for Kiona. I just wanted more. I want a little more vibrancy. And again, every time I've seen Josephine Baker look, it's color. Oh, Josephine, I think, was known for having color. Um, so I don't know why she didn't, like, kind of make it a little more vibrant. Um, like, I do feel like when she walked out, like, I knew it was Josephine Baker before she even said it. Um, it's almost like she saw a Google search and went and found Josephine Baker, and they're all black and white photos. She's like, great, black mm-hmm. and white. Black and white, yeah. I don't know. I, I like I the look. I thought she sold it really well. Absolutely. Kitty loved yeah. the look, saying it was very clever, and it offered them a surprise by revealing one of the best assets in the competition. <laughs> I'll give it a hero. We got the best asset and the worst asset this this episode. Uh, It's a hero for me, yes. Audience, 73% hero, 27% zero. Category is futuristic chic. In honor of the runway, we are going to play The Future Has Arrived or Doomsday. Hunani, no designers listed. 
I love this silhouette. It is in line with the classic futuristic ideals that we saw in fashion. Oh, in 80s. So maybe the 80s mm-hmm. is the future. Uh, okay, wait, please. No, no, no. I don't want the 80s to be the future. I think the <laughs> hair is what sets this to the top. I think it is fashion conehead. Love the black. Oh, yes. The bionic part was a good extra moment. Not necessarily needed for me. It's simple. You didn't need any glitz and glam. It was styled well and performed well. But the QR code earrings, brilliant. And watching that, Daphne try to use her phone, hilarious. Uh-huh. That, I think, is what sold the look officially. Without her, before she took it out to be like, hi, it's like, I'm a robot kind of thing. Like, fashion is like, very fashion is AI. Um, but the, having the QR code, and you can be like, oh, she made a filter that you could use is like, oh yeah, that's next level. Like, I don't know if you could tell that it was my favorite or anything, um, but yeah. To be like- fair, Setter Jean at DragCon last year, LA, <laughs> uh, wore an entire dress that was her QR code that w- got you to her socials. So uh, maybe she was inspired by our Dutch it diva. Could be, could be. But yeah, I just thought this was like a really good look. And especially in the end when she was walking out of the runway and she kept bumping into the wall. Like it's like, does not compute, does not compute. Yeah. I, I just, I thought she sold this look and Absolutely. I, it was my favorite of the futuristic looks. Yeah. Kitty says it's his favorite look and calls it clever. Daphne says the QR codes were a smart idea as it's the idea of the century. She asks about the look and Punani says it's a futuristic headpiece and reminds her of the inside of her cyborg body and says the future is fashion. Future has arrived. The future has definitely arrived here. Audience, 81%. The future has arrived. 19% doomsday. Mami Wata, look by Martian Agency, helmet by Shellshock Props. I'll give her credit for this as she is wearing the most clothes ever. Um, <laughs> I think there is a certain futuristic element to it, but unlike Punani's simplicity, this was just lacking something. Going with a white monochromatic moment and using materials and fabrics in odd shapes and ways was not enough to convey this alien priestess on her wedding day. Um, the white bodysuit, I think you can get at Party City for Halloween. So chew on that. Yeah, I think the only real futuristic thing I felt was the headpiece. Yeah. Was the only real thing. The rest of it just felt like pieces together. They'd be like, hi, if I, I have this white headpiece, so I want to go all white as my, as the white. I think the few, like, I, I get it if you were trying to be like, the future has no color. Like, you know, <laughs> we're going to, like, we're going towards like something that's like, oh, and so it's like, we're, we're, the way that they're with drag bands and like, banning books and all this shit it very much feels like they're trying to put us in like at those and the thing is like you see those dystopian futures they're always gray they're grayscale so it's like it's like yeah if you're trying to be if you're trying to see the future is no color because this is where we're going where everything fun bright and happy is being torn away then i'm like yes but i don't think that's what she was trying to say no i'll give it a soft the future has arrived I think I, I, I'll, I'll agree with you. It's a very soft, it's teetering doomsday, um, but it's, so it's a soft future. Audience, 52% the future has arrived, 48% doomsday. Moon, look by Sarabunam, nails by nails by Becca. I really like this dress. It's very fashionable. Does it <laughs> scream futuristic? I'm not sure. The silhouette is beautiful and the way the patchwork plays with itself, it's brilliant. I like the hair, but is it, it this category? I'm a little lost here. I, when you just look at it, you I it, I think it would it would kind of more read. Oh, did you make that dress in the workroom because right. it's because the patchwork of her telling with her explaining the runway? I could understand where she's going of that like 
Fascia is killing the planet, so we're not going to be able to make new things. We're going to have to recycle and patchwork clothes to create the new, the, the new. Mm-hmm. I liked that part of it, but it is something that's like, without her explaining it, I wouldn't know um, what she was trying to do. But I do think like her mug is, she just looks so gorgeous right there. Um, it's like, I think it's like the look itself is a beautiful look. I don't quite see how it fits the cha- the challenge, but it was. But I'm still going to give it a soft. The futures here. I am going to give it a soft. The future has arrived, and the audience agrees. Seventy six percent. The future has arrived. Twenty four percent. Doomsday. Sarah Forever. No designers listed. The hat head. Future. The look. Again, maybe it's the colors, the materials. I'm not seeing futuristic. I get the political statement, but you can't always explain your work. I think the silhouette mm-hmm. is boundary pushing, but I feel like it's a bit sloppy, especially the sleeves. I think had she had a do-over and played around with this a little more, she would have nailed the assignment, but I'm just a tad lost again. I think she is someone who is very fashion forward, but when she came out, there was nothing about her look that really screamed, this is the future. Because right. it did feel like it's something that we that like could be seen on, on a runway now. Um I think that the having the hat, the hat is the only thing that kind of like gives it anything. Like she did not have the hat. The look would be kind of, would be a kind of a, a basic look. Kitty says that her fabrics, colors, and stockings weren't all that futuristic. Lena says that they struggled to understand what she wanted to embody. Daphne says that the dome on her head was great, but the look should have been more powerful. I'm going to give mm-hmm. this doomsday. Yeah, it's a doomsday. Especially when you have the guest judge say, the hat, I got the hat, but the rest of the outfit doesn't read future to me. It's like, oh, girl, you're girl, you in danger. The audience, 55% the future has arrived, 45% doomsday. Bookie Conti, look by a queen, hair by Jean-Baptiste Salines. This is what I wanted. This is brilliant, the hair. Let's talk about this museum piece. Like, if I wore that, oh. I would be an unstoppable human. I think the guy is cyberpunk rock. I love the mm-hmm. silver armor, the leggings. We're clearly leggings, and I wonder if she wanted okay. something different. It would have been more evocative overall. Very well. Oh, I think I, honestly, if I, if she I wasn't wearing leggings, I think it would even be like I think it would have worked even just as well. Yeah. I can't um, wait to see what this bitch gets to in the year uh, twenty sixty nine. She's gonna she's gonna slay. Yes, I'll be adding uh, this hair in my in my order uh, when uh, when I ask her to borrow the dress. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I'd wear the hair with, but I just but the hairstyle is just like so fucking cool. Just wear it to especially the it being especially it being like two tone, like you, and it has like the striped. It looks like you know those uh, Keebler cookies, the bl- the the fudge striped ones. Yes. That's what it's giving me. It's reading Keebler cookie, and I'm here for it because that's one of my favorite types of cookies. Lena loved to look. Kitty says that he wants to wear the outfit. I agree. The future has arrived. Oh, the future definitely arrived here. Audience, 92%. The future has arrived. 8% doomsday. And Kiona, look by Pippa, just Pippa. Hair by Kiona. Nails by House by Tokyo. Listen, maybe it's my ideals of what futuristic means, but the color story for me is huge. And this color story is not doing it for me. I think if she came out in this in like white, silvers, blacks, I would have loved it. Yellow and red, this is just ketchup and mustard realness. Uh, the hair moment. It's wild. And maybe it's like the Navi from Avatar. Uh, mm-hmm. This is an evocative silhouette, but I think Keanu needs to push it even further for me to justify her win. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good look. Like, I think the look on its own category aside, I think it's a great look. I actually do think yellow 
is a great color for her. Yes. Um, the the reds were, I think it was supposed to be some fashion moment that they, because they were like, oh, you're referencing this. Again, I don't know fashion, so I didn't get the reference. Um, I don't know. It's like, honestly, I feel like watching, looking at all three of her, her looks, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I need, I need justification on why she won. I yep. really do. Yep. Lena loved the look as it was attributed to Pierre Cardin. She likes that the fact that the fashion of the future is hidden somewhere in the vintage and says fashion is a circle like on her dress. Daphne says she pictures Jacques Villers from the Cabbage Soup invited to a party at Cardin's. The Cabbage Soup is a 1981 film, I believe. It was a film, not a TV show. Regardless, if you look at the reference on Google, it's this man in this yellow and red circle thing. Okay. And it's not fashion. Um, I'm going to give this a soft. The future has arrived. Uh, it's a, a very soft future has arrived. Audience, 52%. The future has arrived. 48% Doomsday. Finally, category is high school prom queen. In honor of the runway, we are going to play A Night to Remember or Carrie White. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Friends, if you don't get that reference, go do your homework. You should know what that reference is. <laughs> I will drop at you. I will drop They're all gonna laugh at you. you. Punani. This is very 80s and very much in line with what Punani does. It's a nice yeah. patchwork, and that's fine. I guess with the material that was presented, you could only do so much. When in doubt, patch it out. I think the silhouette is fun, but I just wanted more cohesion in the color story. It really felt like these fabrics and patterns were living in various worlds. The gloves were a fun touch and the hardest element to execute in the look. The hair, for me, the best part, as it is an 80s moment. But that's mm-hmm. not the, pro- the project here. It was a design challenge. I'm because I love Punani. I actually am here for this look because I do feel like the 80s was about having those random pops of color. It it was very high on the neons. So I like that she went really bold with the um, with her gloves. Uh, And yeah, I love that the, the earrings coming via the yoga mat. I, I thought she did a good job executing with what she had. Nikki loves the look. And it, and it reads prom to me. That's fair. Nikki loves the look as it's 80s. Lena says it's gorgeous and asks if she made the gloves. Punani says yes. She says it's not easy to create a hand pattern. I will give it a soft, a night to remember. It's a night to remember for me. Audience 68%, a night to remember. 32% Carrie White. Mommy Wata, I'll give her credit. This looks great. It does look like a design challenge, but I feel like there's an actual cohesion in this outfit. She has styled it very well when it comes to the hair, though she is lacking in the accessory department. Surely there was something in that room that she could have used to make a necklace and bracelet. The shoes, smart touch. Glue guns are good work, friends. She did well. I do think this was her best execution of her three looks. It was it wasn't like she didn't go over the top patchwork dress with a long with a side train and adding the the patchwork on the shoes, especially knowing Louis Vuitton was going to be there. She's like, at least like, look, look at my shoes. Um, I do think this is like, yeah, this is like the this was her highlight for the for the night because the rest of her, her looks were like so so. So she got a night to remember for me. Lena says she would buy this outfit and says she doesn't want it. She will wear it to an event. Christian says that her look includes shoes, so he thanks her. He says that she looks like a mermaid and her name fits her perfectly. I will give it a night to remember. Audience, 62% a night to remember, 38% Carrie White. 
Moon. I love this actually. Why? Because she is giving you a patchwork look that it has a cohesive color story. Mm -hmm. It is Dory realness, and I love Dory. The umbrella gray <laughs> the sun. What a brilliant storyline. She looks happy. The hair is the biggest drag wig we have seen her in all season long, and I adored it. Mm -hmm. The only styling choice that really were major misses for me were with the black gloves and the black pumps. It really did pull away from the blue and yellow storyline she was going already with. I think the blue and yellow bottoms were cute, but still it needed to be a different pump. I think if she would have gone rid of the gloves, I think the shoes would have been fine. Sure. Because then you'd have like you it's all brightless, but you still have that dark, you still have that dark um, you know, moon energy at the bottom, especially when she turned, you saw the souls that she right. had, she did a blue and white soul. And you're like, okay, yeah, I think if you got rid of the gloves, the gloves weren't needed. Um, but I do feel like I think she did an excellent job executing this like kind of wavy patchwork with all the colors. Um and it's just like it's just a bite, like a very bite, a bright, vibrant uh, look from her. And yeah, it's one of those things like looking at her going like, I didn't think she should have been in the bottom. I agree. Christian says that she's a different person here. He says this is a characteristic of all great performers. I will give it a night to remember. She got a night to remember from me. Audience, 67% a night to remember, 33% Carrie White. Sarah Forever. Again, this is in line with Sarah. I love the Bowie reference in the hair and how the 80s follow through in silhouette. It's very cartoonish and again, campy. It's who Sarah is. If you're looking for a couture fashion moment, of course you're not going to dig this. This is colorful and fun. And if she came to my prom, I'd dance with her. I think the one thing I, I think I would have much rather her made the dress out of that the the bed sheet that she has attached to her because mm. i feel like that would have been a lot i feel like that would have been a better color story than having like because she has the yellows everywhere to be like hi there's yellow in here but i don't think the dress works with the rest of it sure. it's like it's yeah it's like uh, as much as i was loving hunani for like being different with her with the piece of uh blue because that's the same blue that's on her sarah's dress i think it's it just doesn't work with what sarah's trying to do because it's like i get the yellow stockings the yellow gloves with the orange hair i think would have still worked with that patchwork and she could have made it like still the same design with a little bit extra but it was just like i just said yeah this is i think where it's like probably the first time i've seen her on the runway not looking like the best like it's like obvious she can't sew but it was the construction of it was just like not my favorite Stephanie says it's charming, but it may not be enough. I will give it a night to remember. Um, I'm sorry, but she got Carrie Whited. <gasps> Audience disagrees with you. 78% a night to remember, 22% Carrie White. Cookie Cunty. This was brilliant. Again, patchwork mm -hmm. is a trend alert, but how Cookie did it was what really sold it for me. I love the asymmetry because it's well-balanced. The shorter side is full of fabric while the longer side has that flowy sheer fabric. Mm -hmm. I think I do want a necklace because there is a lot of real estate on that chest and the hair is not prom, but it is hot for this look. Yeah, I think the hair was a little, was too simple for what she did, but I love that she did the denim jacket as a bustier yeah. and then having like the, the lamp be a bustle. I like that she was trying to, and that's like, it's, it's very like fashion forward. It's, this is, it screams, this is the art chick 
at your school that's yeah. like that made her own dress and it's and everyone's gonna be like oh my god can you make me one too that was the moment i had where it was like so she focused on the hair on the dress she and forgot about the hair but it, it, she's gonna get a night to remember nikki says that some of her outfits may cost seven million euros each but this is her favorite because she can see the person behind it she says she created the outfit without the tenacity with herself with tenacity a passion for dragon creativity tonight for to remember for me audience did not care for it that much 59 percent of nights remember 41 percent carrie white kiona boot i hate it so fucking much listen they had to use three items and she did i get it it's on the Mm. shoulders and the hair but the focus of this look is the jumpsuit and it looks like it is sagging it is not what you wear to a prom she needs a belt or something to help break up the abundance of silver i don't yeah. know it's not prom i know we were playing into stereotypes but who the fuck wears a jumpsuit to prom and if we are diving into the little details the red heels are jarring as there is nothing to pair it with on this look i think we gave her a win for plot line not execution Yes, uh, the only thing that the that the shoes match are the X's, uh, are the 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 red and the X's around her hair and in the plush toys. Are they pink? They're like they're like they're reddish pink. Yeah, they're like they're not just. It's that's the only thing. Like honestly, like I do like the jumper element. If it was just like I think if it had been like maybe broken apart, like if she did it as like these like harem pants that were like big in the 90s like i think she would have done a harem pant with like a break apart with like more of a like uh like a skirt to show like some belly i think that might have worked a little bit better um but yeah i didn't really read prom the accessories she added because she needed to didn't elevate the look at all mm-hmm. um and yeah it is it does read like i'm like i do think it's the worst of the three but I don't know why she got the win. This should have been a safe look. I don't think she should have won this week. And this is the rage carry too. This is this is what it is. Um, the best thing is I'm on the dragged out looks with all the things. The first comment on there is someone that says, I feel like I'm being gaslight because Canada's third look is not good. Literally. And I'm like, literally, I'm like, Girl, we all are being gaslit. We are all being gaslit. I'm all, I don't think she should have won this week. The win really was like production. Um, even though, especially being like she won last week after being in the top for four weeks straight and not getting a win. I'm like, I don't think you needed to give her a win this week. This was this was Cookie's week to win and yep. Cookie deserved the win. So I don't know why they gave it to her. Plot line. At all. It's a plot line. Yeah. Christian says she doesn't move and there are shadows and light and it works successfully and says it's a perfect performance. Lena says that Beyonce makes it look easy because everything is perfect and the same could be said about her. Bullshit. It's a Carrie White. Yeah, this is this was this is this is the definition of what gaslight is. Carrie White. That look. That work. Audience for Plug it up, Kiana. Plug it up. 41% a night to remember, 59% Carrie White. Well, Mm -hmm. it's all fun games until Nikki asks the dreaded question. Who should go home and why? Punani says the two queens who got the worst review tonight were Sarah and Moon. She says it's a horrible question, but says Sarah. Mommy says Sarah because she already won twice and she can go rest. Moon <laughs> says for execution's sake, even though she knows she hasn't been great, she will save Sarah forever. 
Sarah will say she's here to fight, so Moon. She does not want to disreciprocate her own work. She respects Moon and really likes her as a person and artist, but here it goes. Cookie will say Kiona because she is her main rival, and Kiona will name her main rival Sarah Forever, saying it's an artist she respects a lot. She says she's got two Max Challenge wins and she belongs, but she's in the way. Thoughts on the answers? Um... Basically, if you're basing it just on tonight, I think, yeah, I think Sarah was the right choice to say because I don't think she had the best night. Um, Having them say Kiona makes sense because she has been strong so far. And I feel like having Cookie say, my biggest competition is Kiona. And then Kiona say, my biggest competition is Sarah was also very shady. Um, But I also feel like that was, I felt like production was like, oh, well, we'll give you both the win tonight. The answer was Mami Wata. Overall, up to this point, she's been the worst. It's like if you're going to, if you're basing on like, especially if you're basing on like, okay, who hasn't won? SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Moon, Moon and Moon and Mami Wata are like the two that like you know they have yet to win a challenge, but I think Moon's been on a higher projection, a higher like, um, what's the term? Trajectory. I think Moon's been on that on a better path than Mommy's been still like kind of like staggering. Like yeah. honestly, I'm like, if Mommy Watson doesn't go home next week, I'll be surprised. The girls head backstage to dissect all that. The moon and the mood is grim. Sarah will ask how she is, and she says, fine. She is disappointed and her face is completely closed. Kiona will try to boost her up while defending herself by saying, Sarah that you are my main rival, but she says, sure. She has no personal grudge against anyone but they did say her name. She says it's hard to get bad reviews, which almost everyone confirmed. Mm-hmm. Now let's check in with Moon, who will give us the rest of the story for this episode. They all know something is wrong. Mommy might think she's afraid to lip sync against Sarah, but she can tell something else isn't right. Moon will say she never cries, and she says she has cried every week. The competition is exhausting. They all are, but Moon tells them that she can't go on. As the girls will tell her no, she will stop them and say that she's been thinking about it for a while. She says she has forced herself the last few weeks and has reached her limit. She goes on to tell them that she is proud to be there, but she is spiraling in her head for many reasons. She is proud of her week, but it's not about the reviews. It's her in her head. It's too hard. Sarah doesn't want to see her go. They all get very emotional as it has come as a shock. And Moon says she tries not to disappoint. When you try too hard, you end up hurting yourself. And I do that. Don't I know it well? Mm-hmm. Now, we hear the very, very base of an answer, and we're going to hear more of a base answer. Do you think last week's challenge was the final straw? I, I think... I think when she came into the competition... I think she had an idea for the, for what she wanted, what she wanted to do, and what she wanted to present. Um, and I think it's probably when she gets back to the hotel room and she's by herself. I think that's when she starts to like rethink, replay. Because I do that all the fucking time. Whenever I do a competition, I overthink everything going in. I overthink everything while I'm doing it. And then when it's over, I'm like, I, I overthink being like, well, what could I've done to make it better? Um, it's those are the things that you just like. It's you know what you do um but yeah so i think i think for her she probably was putting on the facade in the workroom being with the girls but i think when she was back in her hotel room alone that's probably when she was like 
that's when she's let the feelings set in. And that's why she says she's crying so much. It's probably, yeah, when you're by yourself and in your own thoughts, it's like, yeah, of course you're going to start crying. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think she probably pushed herself in the rusical and probably opened up some wounds that she thought might have healed, but maybe haven't. Um, and that's why she was kind of like going in this week, like, I want to do my best, but I think she's she was just in like, especially when she had that conversation with Nikki about, you know, portraying being a king, portraying like, you know, uh using because it was her father, she was she was based she based the character off her, right? Sort of, yeah. Sort of. So it's like, so I think it was like I think a lot of it might have just been her um reliving old wounds that you know that she may have not fully healed from. Yeah, I, I I do wonder though if she were getting better praise this week and maybe was safe or top, would things have changed? I don't know. Um, do I have a conspiracy theory that perhaps maybe they all knew in production and that's why we might get what we might get next week? I do think so. Yeah, well, because next week it does feel like they're going to bring back the girls, right? And it's going to be a kind of like an all-stars three, like the group A is the current girls, group B is the former girls. That I don't know. I just know that we might have some sort of return. Yeah. Well, the queens have returned. The results are in. Nikki has decided the winner of the week is Kiona. She will win a fucking pair of Louboutins. Mm-mm. Oh, psych, Cookie wins too. No, I I know, I know. You know what it feels like. Honestly, it feels like Kiona's. If Kiona wins the season, I'm not surprised. It yeah. will be a shocker if it goes to anyone else but her, because I do I'm, think Cookie. I think Cookie is getting better. Sarah's been strong. Punani's strong. Mommy, Wata, you're the next go. Um, I, I think I, that's the top four in my head. Yeah, I think it was going to be two winners this week, no matter what. I think Louis Baton came in and said, I got two pairs of shoes. Give two people mm-hmm. shoes. Yeah. I honestly think that's what it was. I think it was, what are their shoe sizes? Okay, these are the two girls who can win them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mommy Watson, Punani are safe, leaving Moon and Sarah forever mm-hmm. in the bottom. I, no, no, I'm sorry. Kiona should have been in the bottom. I'm saying it. Kiona should have been in the bottom. I think, I think, Mommy, I think it should have been Kiona and Mommy Watson. Now, before we can do a lip sync, Moon has something to say. She will tell Nikki that she already told the queens that she is leaving the competition as her mental health has reached a point and has to step down. Her strength is giving her the energy to step down. Nikki tells her she's heartbroken, but she will be the first to advocate for mental health and take care of herself. She understands if it's too much pressure and respects her choice. Nikki regretfully says sashay away. Moon has quit Drag Race Friends too, but will get a standing ovation. So yes, Nikki Doll does not wear a blanket under the desk. Mm-mm. I also think sweatpants. I also think the girls who are I think it's like the international seasons, especially the ones hosted by other for former contestants, they understand what it's like to be a contestant on the show. Yep. Even though Nikki only made it like three episodes, she still knows what it's like to be a contestant, what it's like to have backlash, what it's like to deal with the fans, especially her being on a U.S. season and, you know, U.S. fans are the worst. Um, 
I think it's like it's different for when you are on a show hosted by Rue and you're talking about your mental health because Rue is old school and she's just like I, in a way I do feel like sometimes she's like fuck your mental health like you know yes. I, you're, I want to put on a good show and because that's like the the only the last time someone's quit for mental health on an international show was Baby on last mm-hmm. season's UK and Baby did the did the uh, did the um, the performance and everything and I believe what I heard was she got the sachet or she got the chante and then said no actually i'm gonna leave but they didn't air it so it made it look like rue before you make a decision i i'm gonna do this because when she walked away and said if i had stayed you bitches were done and it makes one of those things to be like well that's a weird thing to say it made her think you're all she's crazy yeah i would have liked to see moon do it um that's Mm -hmm. why i do think being in the bottom might have been the tipping point yeah, because um, she got this far in this episode. Like, if you weren't gonna want to stay, why did you even do the dress? So, um, it is unfortunate, especially especially when I like I said, when you look at her looks, her looks were not bought, did not deserve to be in the bottom. It okay. should have been someone else. But again, production has their storyline, and I think it was. We think she's gonna go, so put her in the bottom, and that one might that either is gonna send she's gonna send herself home, or it's gonna be she's not gonna deliver in the lip sync, so you're gonna send her home anyway. Yeah. Um, Like I said earlier, there is a discussion of is the show getting too hard? Are the contestants being too soft? Is mental health something that needs to be looked into? Does there need to be an on-staff psychologist at all times that talk to the girls every day? I don't know what the answer is. I think that because you I think having someone on site that has like to be like, all right, you're struggling. I can see that you're in your head let's talk it through like to have someone to go to after you're done rapping i think would be you you only have the girls especially because they like isolate you in your hotel room you don't have anyone to talk to unless they maybe changed it that way and been like hi you're going to be like you know put them in a house together so that way at least they can kind of like um have people to talk to out once they're done or have someone there that's kind of like, hey, I'm your coordinator, What? let's talk. Like, you know, something like that. Because they have their story producer, but those story producers, you know, I saw Unreal, they want to make their money, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there has to be something said about just the pressure of the competition. But at the same time, this is reality TV. Nothing's changed yep. in the 20 plus years. Reality oh, TV no. has been the centerpiece of, of international television. If you can't accept the pressure, wait until you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but mental health comes first. So Moon, I respect your decision. I yeah. am so sad because you are. She was definitely a fan favorite this season. Oh, she was. She was very much a fan favorite. I, she was one of my favorites. Um, I think it'd be like you know if they ever if she ever decided to come back for either like a global all stars or France does an all stars down the line. I think being like having stepped away and coming back, you're like okay, I can be a stronger competitor. Knowing you know after you after I've worked on myself. Now, Excuse since me. they already paid for the rights of the song, Nikki tells them, we're going to celebrate <laughs> names. We're all going to lip sync the song to Mube Leras by La Russo. Uh, fun track. I think it was, it was mm-hmm. fun. It was silly. Um, send them all home. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, we paid for the song and Louis Vuitton wants a show. Let's go. Literally. What a week to be like, hi, I'm quitting. Bye, Louis Vuitton. Hi, Louis. Um, also, would you I like just, to give me a pair friends, of heels? I understand, I understand his name <laughs> Christian Louis Vuitton. I just like calling him Louis Vuitton because that sounds like a fucking drag name. Uh, There's got to be Louis, drag. I can't Louis 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 Vuitton. All right, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. What is Moon's legacy? Um, 
Oh, that's Swiss, a good question. Swiss, bitch. That's a good question. I don't know. I think she did well. She was a fun contestant. She had some good looks. Um, but yeah, I think I think her legacy is going to be uh, knowing that if if you if your health if your if your mental health is getting to take the toll, it's okay to step away. No matter no matter what ven- what type of venue you're at, you're at. Yeah. Who won the week? Uh, Moon Moon won the week for me. I'm going to say mental health won the week by hashtag Moon. Um, Moon. We have a girl group challenge next week with a twist. Nikki looks like she's going to give the girls a big surprise to someone returning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. It's, it's only one queen to return. Who do you want back? I know who I want back. Oh God, um, I have to remember who left. Peach, 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 yeah, because I think she left too soon. Yep. She left too soon. After six episodes, the winner of the season is. They're going to fucking give it to Kiona. Like, not to say, not to say she doesn't deserve it, because I will say she's up until this point, her highs and win were well deserved. This episode was where is the one where they're like, where shenanigans for her came into play. Because honestly, up until now, she's been fine. Like even if she would have been, even if they would have still given her high, she still has an amazing track record on Drag Race. So, I so giving her the win is not going to be like oh shenanigans. But I just felt like this was the week that she didn't deserve her high placement. But uh, but uh, but beforehand, well deserved. She's been killing it beforehand. I will go and say I agree with you in that respect. Um, if she wins, she wins. I also think there is still a possibility that you could see a Punani win. I would say, I think, I think for me, I think I'm, I've become a Punani fan. So I'm like, I think she's the one I think I would like to take the crown, but I feel like Kiona has been so steady where I'm like, she's, she's been very, very much like, Oh, I don't, she'd have to really, well, even if she really fucks up, it feels like production is going to find a way to be like, Oh no, she's still good. We'll see. Where we'll can see. we find you on social media, Venmo, any projects we're going to plug? I am on uh, Instagram at Harry is Precious as Harry. Venmo, Precious Envy. Uh, the Twitter or X or whatever you want to fucking call it. Uh, it's the Envy of Precious. Or no, Envy of Precious. You know, you can't have too many too many letters. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll probably, you know, if Miss Rockbar happens again this year, I'll most likely throw my heel in because you know what i'm a glutton for punishment seventh times the charm you know what they say just kill someone i might that might have to be my number murder you know just murder jason there it is <laughs> Hell have, i have my roxy heart moments have my extra moments well, it's it's always a pleasure having you on. Dare I say, I'll have you back on very soon. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I wonder, I wonder what for. <laughs> Oops. 